Everyone, it seems, loves bacon, but there's a big issue in the U.S. pork industry, namely how to keep African swine fever out of the pens and barns and transport vehicles of the pork industry. Now the National Pork Board and the Science and Technology Directorate at the Homeland Security Department have teamed up to evaluate methods and materials used to disinfect the surfaces where pigs are kept. Here with more, the director of DHS's Plum Island Animal Disease Center, Dr. John Nealon. Dr. Nealon, good to have you on. Good afternoon. First of all, give us a sense of the issue here, which the bigger issue, which is this swine fever, African swine fever. How widespread is it and what effects can it have on on food stocks? African swine fever virus was pretty much confined to sub-Saharan Africa until about 2007. Then it moved into the Caucasus areas of the old Soviet Union, and then it moved into the Russian Federation. It's been there for uh, over 10, 12 years, until last year it emerged in China. And it went through China like wildfire. Um, There are reports that up to 50% of the production has been decimated by this virus. This virus is very, very deadly. You usually get at least 95, if not 100% mortality in infected pigs. So any pig that gets the infection, they're they're dead pretty much. So unlike other diseases, you may have vaccines or disease may not be as catastrophic, so your production doesn't get totally wiped out. But there is a chance here that the total production of pork in China, which is a major source of protein for China, can be wiped out. Over half the global pig population are raised in China and are produced there. So you can imagine that this would be a major cut to the level of protein that's being produced in the whole world if this industry gets wiped out like this. So that is the, that is the danger. As you know, we have so much commerce and so much movement with Chinese uh, from industry and what have you, imports and exports, and we have movement of people. And the virus seems to move more so with people. It is not like, say, foot and mouth disease, which can be aerosol-driven. It can be carried in packages or people bring their favorite uh, poor products that they get in their own country and they don't think they can get something like that in, say, the U.S. or wherever they want to go to. The thing is, uh, there's a high possibility that African swine fever virus will find its way to the United States inadvertently. And the pork industry is very worried about that. Now, so Science and Technology, your group from Plum Island, is partnering with the U.S. Pork Board. What will you be doing specifically? With the National Pork Board... We will be looking at disinfectants that have been used and, and, and those clean agents being used by the pork industry, see if they're efficacious for, uh, to wipe out uh, African swine fever virus. That is, uh, the most products that are used, they do not have labeled claims to be efficacious for ASF. So we need to put some science behind it and show the, show, uh, determine whether the, the products they're using right now are effective or not and identify those ones that are so that the industry will be uh, aware of what to use in the event that there is an outbreak or that ASF is introduced to the United States. So that is, pretty, that is where we're at. So we're working with the National Pork Board uh, and they are reaching out to their stakeholders uh, to get the list of chemicals that are being used, and we are prioritizing those ones at this present time. And I guess Plum Island is the perfect place to do that because you're used to dealing with infectious types of uh, bacterium and so forth. What will be the testing methodology? How will you find this out, whether these products work? Well, what we'll do is that we will uh, spike as poor surfaces like concrete, and a smooth surface like stainless steel with known amounts of the virus. We will then expose, uh, and we'll also incorporate a biological load. These are all uh, 
um, it will be done under uh, the regulations that are used by EPA to, to look at these agents. So what we'll do is we will treat those with the agents, and then uh, for a 10-minute exposure time, which is the normal, we'll do neutralization, and then we will identify whether these viruses have been wiped out or not, or what is the, the, the level of the kill. Normally what you have is a four-log reduction. That is 100,000 particle reduction. That is usually uh, determined as a clean kill. So that's what we look for. So that's pretty, it'll mean a lot of a, a sampling, and because basically everything will be, will be you have to use statistics. So we'll have quite a lot of numbers of samples, and the different surfaces will be represented by the pores, which concrete is pretty difficult, and that's the best one to do since you go for the high bar, not the low bar, and smooth surfaces, which you will have in packing facilities, uh, they'll be covered by a stainless steel coupons. So that's what we'll be doing. We're speaking with Dr. John Nealon. He's director of the Plum Island Animal Disease Center, part of Homeland Security's Science and Technology Directorate. And are there any techniques or strategies in China that might be useful here or elsewhere outside of China? We were not aware of what they're doing in China, but the Chinese, uh, they have, from what we know, they have these major integrator units, and they're built almost like, they're like hotel, so to speak, where you have the young ones are born at the bottom to go through the whole process. And apparently, they have those cleaned out in the past and then repopulated, uh, gave with new animals, and those animals have come down, which would indicate that they haven't cleaned the spaces properly, that they haven't, got a, a, they haven't decontaminated those spaces. So that is one thing. Now, it may not be that. It may be that the food is contaminated is coming in. So there's a lot of, of, of other spaces that need to be looked at, not just how clean an area is, but look at the food supply at the, uh, the chain of custody for every component that's in that food. That is another critical aspect that needs to be looked at. But for what we're doing right now, it's pretty much the low-hanging fruit. Let's make sure that the trucks are clean and not, con- not bringing disease around. Make sure that par- the packing plants are clean and not allowing the uh, products to be shipped all over the country that may be contaminated and spreading the disease. That's what we need to do at this stage. It's pretty low-hanging fruit, but it's something that's, that's very necessary and needs to be done. And to be clear, this swine fever hasn't come to American livestock yet, so far as we know. Is that correct? That is correct. And what about the feral hogs that are all over North America? I know other branches of the government are trying to enact measures to control them, too. Well, that is a problem. And it is a problem that we really don't have a solution for until we end up getting a vaccine that can be used in a beta format. That's probably the only way they're going to be modified. You will, you will never be able to eliminate that population, and they are susceptible. So if the disease does get into the feral population, then it's going to be very problematic. It'll be the same as if you had foot and mouth get into the deer population. That, too, would be very problematic. Sure. It's the same risk you run. And this fever, which kills every pork, every pig that gets it. Every pig, yep. Is there any danger of it transmitting to that same fever, transmitting to other forms of livestock, other species, or to human beings? Not to human beings or other livestock other than pigs within the pig society. And even within the pigs, you can have warthogs, which are within the same family group at another level. They tend to have asymptomatic uh, infections, which means that they don't really show much disease and they survive. And they are the natural reservoirs or part of the natural reservoirs for that disease in sub-Saharan Africa. And from what I've been told, there is a, uh, a wild feral population of warthogs along the Mexican-Texas border. 
which yeah. is a surprise to hear, but I've been told that. And that would worry me more than having feral pigs that will naturally die and the disease will die out eventually. But with, with a, 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 a warthog vector uh, or reservoir, that could be more problematic. Sure. And what's your timeline on the testing program for these different chemicals? We are on a rapid fire here. We hope to have preliminary reports into the port board in less than six months and final ones will be within nine months. Dr. John Nealon is Director of Science at the Plum Island Animal Disease Center, part of the Homeland Security Science and Technology Directorate. Thanks so much for joining me. Find a link to this interview and more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. There's something about hitting the road together that just lifts my spirit. We pack the car, leave behind our responsibilities, crank up the tunes, and then, no matter where we're headed, it always feels like the great escape. At Legacy Health, we know you'd rather be road tripping than seeing a doctor. But should you need care, routine, urgent, or specialty, we're here, ready to keep you traveling your way. Legacy Health, let's keep you healthy.